All right. Go. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, 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 as it were, to Redundant, the totally original, uh, what podcast, Colin? Green Day Podcast. The totally original Green Day Podcast, Redundant. Of -hmm. course, I am Chris Brady Denton here holding it down, along with my co-host, Colin Brady. Uh, Self-professed Green Day fan, perhaps. Self, self-professed Green Day obsessy, mind obsessy. you. Obsessy, obsessy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what would you describe your, yourself as, Chris? Well, I've I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again. I I, I would like to say unapologetic Green Day fan. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't think that I, I think everyone who is our age, grew up mid two thousands, has had to be maybe slightly apologetic that's about fair. being a Green Day <laughs> that's, fan. That's yeah, that's honest. I, I respect that. It was middle school's rough. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. You had to apologize even if you didn't feel like, you know, internally you were sorry about it. Oh, I felt such shame. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> they go, Oh, you like Green Day? Oh wow. That's so lame, but not lame. Another word that they used to use for lame that's not cool. They're just jealous. Don't listen to the cool and, kids, and, Chris. And you'd have to go, oh yeah, no, Green Day, well, whatever. Yeah, I used to like them. <laughs> and inside you're like, no, they're still my favorite. <laughs> I'm disgusting. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I sadly know exactly what you mean. Uh, I think a lot of Green Day fans have had to weather that storm. I think so, yeah. I'll just speak for you and I. I think we came out the other end. Yeah, stronger, in fact, you know. Stronger, what, what doesn't fact. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I, I would say that almost killed all of us, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, Green Day didn't necessarily make it easy on us, did they? But, true, true. But here we are. We're yeah. sticking... Of course, redundant the totally original Green Day podcast. We are two Green Day obsessies, uh, slightly maybe once or twice apologetic fans. Mm-hmm. But going true, we are counting down to the brand new Green Day record, "Father of All Motherfuckers," coming out in a matter of days. True, true. We are right up against it, people. It's very exciting. I remember what this world feels like now. Because in a week, woo, <laughs> it'll be totally we'll different. We'll be living in the in the after times. I, yeah, yeah. I, I can only I can only hope that this helps change lots of aspects of our world, and and I'm sure it will. And you're going, what what could change your world right now? Are we scared of uh, terrifying viruses, nuclear war, you know, uh, nuclear war, uh, climate change, warming? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. What we're talking about is a brand new Green Day record, mm-hmm. and we think. That will change the world. Absolutely. For better or worse, right? For better or worse. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that one, one thing about being Green Day fans, people think uh, Green Day fans got to stick together, right? Mm-hmm. We got to look out for each other. We got to check each other's backs. You'd assume we uh, all have a, a single city we all live in, in fact. I, thank you. Very right. We've been quarantined, if yeah, you will. you would think. We, <laughs> we've been quarantined <laughs> into a single Green Day city <laughs> called Jingletown. <laughs> right yeah, yeah but yeah. in fact we're spread out all over the globe it's our national net international pardon me network mm-hmm. shocking of to super hear. fans mm-hmm. for that very reason you might hear us shooting the shit right now gabbing like gals uh on a friday but no we are 
how I've always say two thousand light years apart. We're not in the same room, Colin. You and I. I know it, we're quite a ways apart. We're we're uh, leagues apart. Some might say we're leagues under the sea, leagues apart. Mm-hmm. Yet somehow, it, you know, people always think we're in the same professional podcast studio. We are not. You are all the way up there in Seattle. Yeah, I'm holding it down here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It forces me to ask, Colin, how are things in Seattle? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Chris. I, uh, you know, I just got back from my big old trip, as as the listeners might might recall. That's right. And I'm sort of getting back in the swing of of well, real life, I, I guess. And it's uh. it's sad. It's sad. It's really really sad. <laughs> it's only now that I realize that you were so right all these times calling me boring. You know. No, Colin. Now I feel bad. <laughs> no, got I don't you, want to got affect you. I finally image. got you. Yes. Um, <laughs> And anyway. now that you're now that we're you're on the same page that I was, I've moved on to a different page. Where I'm oh, like, wow. Really? All this stability Colin has sounds really nice. So <laughs> you know, so, I, I the grass is always greener, perhaps. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um yeah, with with that said, have have you have you been able to find some some stability down in LA there, Chris? Well, I mean, this should answer your question. This is something I, I was dealing with uh this week. Mm-hmm. Was I <laughs> It's very it's it's cool and acceptable these days to to have stubble, which I'm so grateful for because I right. hate shaving. I know it sucks, especially in LA. It's very it's kind of hip right now to to have a little stubble. Oh yeah, and I think everywhere a little bit. Yeah, oh, I'm sure everywhere. But Maybe I, the West you know, Coast. You can, show up, you can right. show up to an interview with it's no longer looks kind of uh like you're a bum. Right. But right. that's my whole point. Is what I've had this week is I I always I have to you know clip my my facial hair. With mm-hmm. some some clippers and and it basically just on oh, it's it is remarkable that one morning I wake up I look in the mirror I'm like hey that's kind of a beard wow looking sharp <laughs> and literally 24 hours will pass I'll wake up and I'll feel my face I'm like what the hell is going on here <laughs> I feel like I'm Gandalf I feel like I'm gonna be tripping over my own beard as I get out of bed you you it's sound a, like you're saying there's something wrong with a Gandalf look I think that's that's pretty hot in fact. There's nothing wrong with Daddy Gandalf look, okay? Mm-hmm. Daddy I'm, Gandalf. I'm, I'm behind it. It's just not what I'm trying to pull. I just, I've Fair been, I don't enough. know, dudes out there, the, it is so, it is such a quick transition, I find, between one day you're boho chic, mm-hmm. you're a cool studly guy with some, some stubble, and then one day later you're like, I look unemployed. I look unemployable. Wow. Wow. I, now, you know, now I'm like worried about myself. I'm, I've sort of let it go too. You know, I, I only shave probably once every three weeks or so. Actually, I like, I like the transition between the two. I don't know if you folks caught that just now, but that was, of course, our coveted Green Day "Let Yourself Go" moment, brought to you by Colin Brady. <laughs> Oh, and that's a song too. You'll have to play that that's song. That's what I'm saying, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, we'll we'll catch up more. I think both of us might be feeling a little more energetic next week when we've gotten our hands on a brand new Green Day piece of work, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's coming up. So yep. so for this week, we're actually gonna skip the GDN. No Green Day news this week. Because we are sure that there is an abundance of it coming up. We just, you know, let's let's round out this trilogy, yeah. right? Let's just finish this pupper up. Let's get it done. And this pupper we're talking about here is the last in Green Day's trilogy. Tonight, we're talking about Trey. Uh, yeah, so, that's right. 
<laughs> we we uh, if you if you want to check out the first two, listen to our our last episode. This is one O, of course, is on Uno mm-hmm. and Lethal Dose, which is on the second album, Dose. Mm-hmm. Now, you conventional logic would go, oh, it should be Trace, right? Three? Yeah, you would. But expect. the boys in Green Day, oh, they hatched a little plot. They were kind of clever, weren't they? <laughs> Because uh, one of the band members is named Trey Cool. Unbelievable. And I honestly, before this this trilogy even came out, I decided they probably just decided to do Uno do, Dos Trey with this in mind, like hoping just For to do reason. this one thing. The one of them is going to be named <laughs> Trey, you know? And fuck it, we'll call the other other two Uno, Uno and Dos. You're so right. That's actually it. You're, I think this whole trilogy was like reverse engineered from that stupid joke. To make a joke. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but anyway. Well then we'd have to release three because Trey, okay, so Trey, we'll have to do three albums. Like it was all, <laughs> okay, well, we got to write more songs then. Shit, yeah, I don't know exactly. what to write. Just write exactly. anything, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so this is the third in the trilogy. Yeah. Uh, this is Trey, of course, came out in... Uh, on December 7th, 2012. Mm-hmm. That uh, kind of fun fact was two days before Trey Cool's 40th birthday. Which, you know, at that point, you got to ask, why didn't they just wait two days? Damn, dude. I didn't even think about that. That's a that great seems, point. It seems just really easy to do. But anyway, you know, I'm sure there's some label. Yeah. Maybe the label was like, oh, you know, we got to do blah, blah, blah for some marketing reason. But anyway. Well, if I recall correctly, I do believe that this album Trey was initially supposed to be released in February or G- oh. or was it January? I don't know. But I they did know. they moved it up. Interesting. They moved it up to December. It was going to be released in the beginning of 2013. Mhm. And I think they moved it to 2012 essentially because they wanted to just get this project finished. Yeah. I think yeah. it really didn't go well, <laughs> the rollout of the first two, I, I, I'll say, yeah, really did not go the way that they were planning it. You know, personnel issues aside, you know, Billy needing go, to, yeah, go to rehab, yeah, take a leave of absence from all these promotional duties. Mm-hmm. More than that, I think the singles weren't performing, and they're like, let's just wrap this up in 2012. Yeah, right? which honestly it was probably a good call. But that said, I wish they had released more of these songs on the other albums, and maybe this album wouldn't have been such a, <laughs> you know, flop. Of course. Trey was produced by Robbie Cavs. Cavallo! Of talking about Robert <laughs> Cavallo! Jeez. Oh, don't, don't die there. Uh, don't kill yourself over I'm this. I'm sorry. Wow. Questionably racist joke we do. Oh, I never thought about that. Shit. It was brought to my attention and it always makes me, but we're, we're in too far now. Yeah, we Cavallo! kind of are. Cavallo, Cavallo, Cavallo. God. Um, well, we're just saying it because it's a funny way to say his name. It has nothing to do with anything. Exactly. That's all it is. That's yeah. all it is. That is uh, all it is. Anyway, so Robert uh, Cavallo did all of these, you know, it was one major marathon recording session. Mm-hmm. So there's to say about that, just yeah. that uh, he's holding it down with the boys. Yeah. And this was the last album with Jason White as an official band member. That's correct. And I think it's also good to note that it was only this trilogy, I believe, that he was an official member anyway. Um, before that, he, right. it was also it was still the three of them, officially. And he and he was a touring member. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do wonder if that has to feel kind of like a slap in the face. I know. I wonder about that myself. I, you know, did I, he? I wonder ask, what that conversation was like. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, he's he's stuck with them since, so clearly it hasn't been a, an issue overall. I mean, I think they are probably genuinely close. They they've been to, you know he's been with Green Day for a very very long time. I think he's friends with all those guys, and he's a reliable road guy. And he, they're making money hand over foot. So why would you look for anything else? Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, I have to imagine if you're brought in, my dreams have finally come true. All these dues that I've been paying on the road are kind of coming full circle as I'm being inducted into Green Day. I'm a full member. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They do. And, and it, it seems like he was put in such an unfair position. It's like Obama taking over from Bush, right? It's just like, <laughs> oh, this God. is all a mess. Yes, you, those are those are very similar things. You know, I think so. that's a perfect a perfect comparison. Let's not examine it any further. Sounds um, good. <laughs> Jason White comes in and Billy's at the height of his excess and addiction. The band has kind of come off the two, you know, two of the largest tours, certainly in records of their career. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to get back to basics, do, you know, just essentially pop punk and a ton of songs. Correct, yeah. And and then afterward, because it totally blows up in their face, this doesn't really work sales-wise or otherwise. You know, the mm-hmm. fans don't love them. They don't become critical darlings. Nope. Nothing's really a hit. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, well, what changed since last time? Uh, Jason White wasn't here last time. Oh, my God. And You know what I mean? I just feel like... I really buddy, hope. Like, I let, really hope that's not what they thought. It probably wasn't that black and white. Who knows? But I just yeah. think, like, they, they were... The conversation probably was, well, there's a certain magic when it's the three of us in the studio. Right, right. You know, that's what fans expect. Mm-hmm. And, and as far as Jason goes, like, it's a bummer for him. He's like, all the writing credits he's getting are in the songs that no one listens to. Oh, <laughs> are they just, really? <laughs> right. Well, it's it's the trilogy, you know? Like, like no one's... Is it visiting the trilogy right. as a longtime Green Day fan, but generally which, speaking? Which songs in the trilogy, I'm wondering, um, is he credited with? It's it's not all of them, is it? No, it's no, no, no. It's not. But it's whenever they list, you know, because on all of them, it's Billy Joe does the lyrics usually, and then yeah, Green Day yeah. did the music. Oh, so they don't Green specify Day. the the people, usually. right? Okay, okay. So he's he was he, you know in theory he's getting a little bit of all of that right right every time we click play he gets half a penny or something right yeah but again of course you would much rather be a member on american idiot of course Duke, yeah right because oh then those songs are actually getting radio play right they're actually getting revisited mm-hmm. so yeah i i don't know the exact story there but i'll just say poor jason white i think he he got added at an unfortunate time for the band yeah, well, moving on. On November 1st, uh, Green Day released behind the scenes of, of uh, making the trilogy, Uno, Dos, and Trey. Um, and it featured the preview of the song X-Kid. And I believe it's the only single um, on this. It on is, this besides for another one that we'll get to in a second. <laughs> it's, I, you're right. I think it is the only single from this album. That's, yeah. You okay, know, yeah. other songs notwithstanding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, what is what is the other single on this album? It's that Twilight bullshit. Oh gosh, that one doesn't count. We'll get to that. I yeah. know. I agree. That's what I was trying to say. It doesn't count. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> Little uh, teaser there. If you're interested in some Twilight bullshit, yes, the vampires. That's coming up. Um, <laughs> as as we mentioned last week, some of the LPs on Dose had Drama Queen and Stray Heart switched Mm -hmm. so i guess some of the pressings of 
this initial pressings of Trey had Stray Heart. Is that correct? Instead of uh, yeah. Drama Queen. Yeah, that's right. And that's also another reason that they may have uh, pushed the the release um, forward a little. Or wait. No, they made it sooner. They made yeah. it sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never they mind. They made it sooner, but they had to delay the LP release. The LP the release. Thank you. Yeah. Vinyl copy because of this this printing error. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an error, by the way. It was they hadn't had their track list figured out yet. Like, yeah. The machines worked fine. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there was some there's some uh, previews of the songs that were released in the in Green Day's Quattro documentary. Of of course, on, uh, once again, R.I.P. The only uh, album cover Jason White got to be a part of is his face was on the Quattro cover. Right, right. Uh, we'll cover that as I've mentioned in our Green awesome. Day Cinema Masters mm-hmm. series. And 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 yeah, we've we've kind of been talking about each one of these of the trilogies supposed to, in theory, have a different kind of theme, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uno's power pop. Mm-hmm. Dose, I think they went with the the garage rock vibe. Right. And then <laughs> the third one apparently is quote unquote epic. Question mark. Uh, I I would say epic as fuck. <laughs> they love saying epic as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Billy, Billy, when he when asked about it, is basically uh, I think we've talked about this in the Dose episode as well. But the first album sort of gained the mood to party. The second one, you're at the party, um, and in the third one, you're cleaning up the mess. Is is sort of the general idea. And honestly, with this third album, I, I do kind of, I do kind of get that vibe where it's sort of cleaning up the mess of some of his mistakes, basically. Yeah, the mess of the other two albums. Right, right. right. Maybe yeah. per, 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 perpetrated, perpetuated by uh, by the infamous Lady Cobra, as you could hear us discuss. That's on, right. On dose, lethal dose. On dose, we're still, yeah, we're still clearing our heads from all that drama. It's, it's dark, yeah. But yes, this was supposed to have like the largest sound. It's supposed right. to be like stadium rock, be like mm-hmm. very grand, and mm-hmm. finally get some string arrangements and brass sections. Which is, right. I've actually been really missing that from the Green Day sound. I know, I I miss that. I think it's it's really cool. I, I dig it. You know, Nimrod, Warning, like they incorpor- they've been incorporating that stuff for a long time. So their songs feel kind of naked without them. I yeah, I agree. I agree. And a little boring, you know, to get, get down to it. I yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. A little stale. Mm-hmm. There's nothing grabbing yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and, and to kind of point that out, Rob Cavallo said that they wanted to return to the simplicity of Dookie. And then he said, we also wanted to go pre-Dookie. Back to our love of 50s and 60s music, close to the bone rock and roll. Uh, and and I this this is really important to me, the 50s and 60s music thing, because I think there are several tracks on this album that are just almost light covers of known classic rock songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Um, I, I don't think I would pick out specific songs. Um myself but but every time that it seems like throughout this this trilogy even on dose two uh you've been pointing out you know this sounds like blah 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 and once you say it, i'm like oh you're absolutely right yeah but they're different enough that you wouldn't i think most people wouldn't immediately uh, uh figure that out yeah but they're and it's good to know that that was intentional i would say at least in their mm-hmm, in the studios mm-hmm. that they're aware of that uh if you wrote brutal love without any references to 50s music you know then then we'd be concerned but I'm, you know, so it's intentional. <laughs> so, so critically, Trey is kind of, it, it's, it's unusual, right? Because it represents yeah. a new low for the band as far as sales figures. Commercially, yeah. Yeah, commercially. Definitely. 
And that was, it sold 58,000 in the first week, which I think, what was right. it, 64,000 for dose? Dose was, was dose, yeah, I, I believe that's correct. Yeah, so this is, yeah, again, a new low. So two in a row were, were low hits. Month after Day. month. And I broke yeah. it down a little bit on dose, but how I, I think this is, you're, you're damaging the longevity of your own projects by releasing albums exactly. this close together. Yeah, yeah, three albums which in three months, essentially. Yeah, I, I don't know what they really thought was going to happen, but it seems pretty obvious that this would happen. Uh, but that that said, uh, the the critical reviews are kind of uh, not not completely different, but a, but a little more positive. Um, Sixty four on Metacritic, and which is uh, about the same as the other two. Is if it? We're ju- oh, if we're okay. just to compare Metacritic scores, I believe they're in the sixties, all of them. Okay, okay, fair enough. But yeah, overall, that's not horrible, you know. <laughs> yeah oh it's not horrible at all but i i think yeah i, I believe dose was 68 so this is 64 which is interesting oh, to me that's interesting yeah because that i think this is me. far better than dose. i i 100 agree yeah and i think the fans just the the legacy of these albums i would say trey manages to get out somewhat unscathed i think this true and we'll talk yeah. about we're about to get into one ones we'll see you know there's some filler but generally i think this if they had just put out trey it might have felt like an honest effort yeah i think that's it was the knowledge that there was so much excess songs yeah and and the decision to put a ton of them out feels it's just overwhelming it's too much to ask of fans of people this is you know and green day would release one album every few years you know, they would take right. their time Prior. between projects. Suddenly you're asking, you know, let's see, a, a CD's 15 bucks. You're yeah. expecting them to go from spending 15 bucks every few years to $45 in the course of a few months. Yeah, that is absurd. Just monetarily, that doesn't, you know, yeah. you can see that uh, like a lot of Green Day fans are young kids. They're not, mm-hmm. not a lot of expendable income necessarily. Yeah, agreed. I think agreed. it was doomed from the start. Yeah. Yeah, it seems, again, it seems pretty obvious what was going to happen. Um, and, you know, maybe the critics were getting tired of it, too, and that's why the scores dropped a bit. But, yeah, it's just hard to say. I was going to say, I find that <laughs> critics usually like to go where the wind blows. Uh-huh. You know, true, and true. I, I think basically there's this fear of getting it wrong as we went on to Trey. Now there's kind of this acknowledgement that this was a failed project. Right. You know, right, you can look yeah. at the sales figures of the last two. You can look at the singles and how they charted. And even though this album wasn't even quite out yet, you could kind of surmise this didn't really work. Yeah. 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 You know, mm-hmm. and that's too bad because I think this album's got some good, good tracks. So without further ado, I, I agree. should we hop in yeah. the one by ones? Please, let's do it. Turn out the lights. Um, this first track here is Brutal Love. Uh, we mentioned this one earlier. It's got some beautiful strings and whatnot. So just right off the top, is this not an Elvis Presley ripoff? I mean, I don't listen to Elvis, so that's probably why I didn't notice it. But probably? I don't know. I, I, at least the guitar part here. Okay. And, and, and I mean, they mentioned the doo-wop. They mentioned the 50s influence. I think this is strongly influenced by Elvis Presley. I bet it is. I bet it is. What, do you have, like, a specific song in mind, or, or what? 
but this reminds me so much of Can't Help But Fall Can't Help Falling in Love okay. by Elvis Presley. Yeah, I don't think I know that song. Oh, you definitely know that song. Do I? That's a that's a major hit that's okay. been covered. That's one of the most covered songs of all time. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. So th- just the 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 guitar picking there mm-hmm. and the melody and generally just the way the construction of the song. Yeah. I just feel a strong Elvis connection. Okay. But that can be okay. Yeah, there's right? nothing wrong with that. Can, yeah, and especially, what do you, what do you especially like you song? like you said, they they already said that you know they're strongly influenced. Maybe not this song specifically, but the whole album. Um, yeah, this one to me always stands out. Where mm-hmm. every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, oh, hello, Elvis. Yeah, Elvis has entered the building. Yeah, but just without that context, mm-hmm. what, how, how do you feel about this? Song I think it's it? a beautiful song, honestly. Um, I love the strings and horns, especially the horns. Actually, the horns are amazing in the background. Uh, the lyrics, I agree. the lyrics are, you know, not sweet, but they're good. At least about fucking up love, I think, um, which Billy should probably be admitting at this point. Yeah, <laughs> that's that brutal love, isn't it? That's that brutal love. And uh, yeah, there's you're right. <laughs> there's a point too in the song where he he sings mine, uh, mine. I can't do it, obviously. And then it's followed by this guitar solo. I just think that that whole moment is really powerful too. And I think you can hear that right here. Yes. Yeah, is, there we go. That my... Yeah. Whatever. The solo is great. It's powerful. I love when the drums kick in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's well written. Uh, really yeah. all around, I think. I, I'm actually... I am into this song. I just think it wears its its uh, influences on its sleeve. That's fair. That's fair. You know. Yeah. But yeah, Brutal Love's all right. And, and yeah, it's, you're right. It is the, the subject matter's good. It's about knowing that a relationship is coming to an end, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, trying to maintain something that's kind of ultimately doomed. Uh, it's brutal. It's brutal because sometimes, you know, you can be in love with someone. And you can think that, you know, it's going really well. And the truth is, they ain't missing you. Ooh, nice one. Uh, that is our that track, two here. track two here. <laughs> Missing you. <laughs> Missing you. <laughs> this one, this one's pretty simple, I would say, um, especially instrumentally. But I think the the melody is still pretty catchy, um, and and sort of on the same uh, thread as, as the last one, brutal love. Uh, I think it's it's about you know missing your love, you know, uh, the end of a relationship and not being able to to um, reconnect, you know? Yeah. I, I read somewhere that Billy wrote this about missing his wife, Adrian, while he was away on tour. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. I hope that's true. <laughs> right? I suspect it may have been something more than that, but yeah. <laughs> and and, and another, another spin I thought, I was I always thought it would be interesting if he wrote this about drugs. Oh, wow. That's an interesting thought, yeah. That might be a stretch, but I I think a lot of these songs, when he's missing something, it might be pills. Yeah, (laughs) I feel that. You know, that said, though, I think it's an effective song. It's sweet. It's catchy. Yeah. Uh, My favorite part, I think, is the drums. I love Trey's little rollicking rolls. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I just think he he comes off good in this song. It's got good rhythm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I didn't think about the drums, but now that I'm paying attention to them more, they're definitely... I don't know, you can sort of bob your head pretty easily to this. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but I actually don't... I'm not offended by this song. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, here's here's one coming up. uh, Track three here. 
is 8th Avenue Serenade. Very specific. I don't really have a transition for that. Wow, I was really hoping for one. I was looking forward to it, in fact. (laughs) Well, okay, you could be like, well, we're not on the 7th Avenue serenade, are we? (laughs) See, but that's no good. That's no good. It's too specific. Yeah, It's too specific. I don't have a a treasure trove of 8th Avenue serenade jokes ready to go. Fair enough, yeah. I thought you had jokes for just about everything. No, yeah, no, that was a lie. You'll have to write some for this one. That was a lie your parents told you when you were young. I I have jokes (laughs) There very few things. <laughs> um, um, anyway, yeah, the intro to this song I think is really, really fucking cool. Um, yeah, I, I like this riff, and I and I and I like the the pause before the full band kicks in. Yeah, I and, agree. And same thing. I, I love the the rhythm. I think the drums do do do. Yeah, and the pause. It's it's fun. It's excellent. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of Wild That's Loud from Dose, just as far as like the guitar line having such a strong presence, you know, for this whole song. Hmm. Sure. Uh, do you like the melody? I do. I love the melody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I, 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 I can we I think I like this song. I like this song a lot. Drums, rhythm, okay. melody. Oh good. Intro. <laughs> it's all good. Check all those boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's another one that kinda seems to be about the the ending of a relationship. Yeah. The last dregs of a of a partnership coming to an end mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. just try to enjoy it while you can exactly yeah. the, the one of the lyrics i think it's the opening lyric mm-hmm. say hello from your window say goodbye from your car say good night from your pillow say so long to the stars i don't or say so long from the stars pardon me i don't know why i think that's a beautifully poetic i totally combination of lyrics there I totally agree i think that's that's a, that's gorgeous for sure it describes the whole night. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Just within those little sparse sentences. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I'd read somewhere that one of the critics of this album had talked about that they really missed the irony in Green Day, and they thought that the irony had really been lost in these songs. Interesting, okay. And, and, and basically that, you know, Green Day does have a sense of humor. They, they always have, and their best records are very funny. Yeah, they are. Darkly funny, often. And, and yeah. people complained about 21st century breakdown kind of a lot. Didn't Too have much serious. of a sense of humor. Yeah. And 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 this reviewer was kind of talking about that Green Day in the trilogy. It's not that they are being so stone cold serious, but it's about that they're being so stone cold sincere. Mm-hmm. When when so so all these you know what feel like 50s pop standards type things that they're writing. Yeah aren't ironic commentaries on you know like a punk band covering Mm -hmm. elvis or something like that they are actually trying to conform themselves to match the mold and are kind of trying to write sincere love catchy love songs right right i i'm having a hard time seeing why this is a problem though like i get that's what they used to do they used to do more ironic shit but i don't think being sincere is a bad thing i guess it's, you're right. It's not a bad thing, especially in this day and age. But yeah. I, I guess a, a large part of what we love about Green Day is how much how much they can toe the line mm-hmm. and get away with something. True, true. For example, I don't think there's any way Billy Joe gets away with saying, you know, uh, maybe I'm the America or the oh yeah N word. The N word. When does in, he sing the N word? Twenty first. 21st century breakdown remember in mass hysteria oh that's right that is right yeah 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 and 
I think those only work with a certain sense of irony mm -hmm. to them. You have to understand this person does have a sense of humor about the content and is mocking those who do not. Yeah. Right? He's that's mocking true. those who would be hateful with those words. Mm -hmm. That level of irony, that level of risk taking is gone from these records. I definitely get that. Yeah. I, I I guess so. I don't know if irony or humor is the right word, but I think it's that the pushing the the envelope with their you know with a shrug and a smile. Yeah, yeah, and, that's, and I that's missing. I get that. I get that complaint. I guess I would say that my problem with the vibe or whatever you want to call it of these of this trilogy is more that they're trying to be sincere, but it comes across to me like sometimes they're not being sincere. They're just faking it, you know? And that's what I hate more than either, you know? That's very well put, Colin. Yeah. That's very well put. Because you're right. I would say songs like Lazy Bones off of Dose mm -hmm. and uh, not to skip ahead of ourselves, but X-Kid mm -hmm. coming up yeah. are songs that are very sincere, but simply because they're willing to explore the darker side of things. Right. Things not working out, feeling depressed which are probably the more sincere emotions that Billy was going through at this time. Agreed, yeah. The songs just about life's a nonstop party and let's tear it up. Those, yeah. Can feel a little hollow. Exactly. Those are very silly to me, I think. Yeah. But, you know, I, we sound like a bunch of drama queens over here. <laughs> we're, just, we're just nitpicking. That's an easy one. Uh, that's an easy one. Right? <laughs> That'll take us to track four, Drama Queens. Um, now, right off the bat, I think this is a, a fan cliche. Oh, this is a fan cliche right here. This born and bred. Born and bred. This is like the fan cliche of all fan cliches. Yeah. You know? um, they've been. I saw them play it live. Yeah. I saw them play it live years ago. <laughs> uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which did we? Did, did they play it at the concert we went to? I was going to say, Colin and I had the privilege of seeing this song played by Billy Joe Armstrong, just him and acoustic guitar, no band, mm -hmm. uh, during our first Green Day show together mm -hmm. uh, back in 2010, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, apparently this song had been written long before then, even yeah. he would often break it out on tour. The, the, they would have certain sections where, you know, it's all the bands. Mm -hmm. And then Billy, there'd be a small section of the show where it would be just be Billy and his acoustic guitar. Yeah. And this is one of the songs he would play. And and so you and I both got to see this live years before it was put out on an album. Yeah, yeah. And I remember walking away, like that song stuck out to me because of that fact. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. And I don't know why I always think this, but if there's any Radiohead fans out there, I always like sort of correlate this with uh, like True Love Waits. It's, it's, oh sure yeah it's just you know one of those songs that the fans are obsessed with you know this long running band just never puts it out on, on a studio album and then finally it comes out um, that's right Radiohead had that song I think since the 90s and yeah. then put it out just on their most recent album A Moonshape Pool exactly totally reworked but beautiful yeah exactly how do you feel about Green Day's studio version of this song honestly I think it's fantastic I, I think it's beautiful um they do it justice as far as, you know, keeping it low-key, mostly acoustic guitar and Billy. But they add, you know, nice little piano, like very minimal. The drums are nice. Well, it's, like a, it's like a power ballad. Yeah, yeah. And the electric guitar, yeah, the solo is great, you know. Yeah, I, I have nothing bad to say about this song. How about you, Chris? What do you think? Well, I'll, I'll just say, in my mind, 
when we first saw it together, you and I, mm-hmm. that will always be my favorite version of this song. Fair enough. It's just because the excitement of seeing a, an, an, I was like, is this a cover? What is this? Oh, it's an original. Mm-hmm. It's an unreleased. So fun. And of course, just seeing Billy do it all acoustic. Yeah. Uh, you know, these albums are very produced. The trilogy are very, very compressed, very produced, True. very poppy. Yeah. So, so there's something I like about just him and an acoustic guitar. Fair, yeah. But you're right. I, I think this is a very effective pop, you know, power ballad. Mm-hmm. I think it's catchy as all get out. Uh, fun progression. Mm-hmm. And, and the band sounds great. And, oh, and Billy's got this, his falsetto is so good. Yeah. You know, people, all these uh, father of all motherfuckers stuff. You know, yeah. oh, Billy, Billy's always done falsetto. Yeah. And, and this song is a fantastic example of how pretty his voice can sound. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, though I, I feel thing. like I know exactly where <laughs> you're going to go. <laughs> One thing that uh, I remember asking my mom about. It. Oh, God. I remember asking my mom about this after the Why concert. Why would you do that? Because this song stuck with me. And I just felt like, what does the lyric old enough to bleed have to do with anything? Because I wasn't so young at that time. I know about periods. Yeah. And I know about using blood as a metaphor in lyrics. So I was, it's, and I think a lot of fans, the more I, I, I look into this song, the more I see a lot of fans have had this exact same question, exact same issue. You know, <laughs> everyone's drama queen, she's old enough to bleed now, is one of the main lyrics of this song. Yeah, It's repeated. And the, I'd say the conventional wisdom here is that this song is written about Billy's kids. Well, but he doesn't have any daughters is the thing. That is the thing, right? And so the argument is, is maybe it's Mike or Trey. Oh, one of their daughters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because essentially the, the, there's this horrible expression. It's disgusting. It's old enough to bleed, old enough to breed. Oh, I didn't even think about that, actually. That expression. Which is, yes, which is horrible. so disgusting. Yeah, but essentially, sa- you know, that the minute someone gets their period, it's nature saying that you're old enough to breed. But that is, you know, vile and the... The most disgusting people have used that expression. Mm-hmm. So I just think I think knowing about that made kind of people's red flags go off every time they hear of it. Course, oh, whoa, whoa, what's yeah. that mean? Yeah. That said, and, I think it's kind of clever the way that they, they used it. I don't think they're they meant that, you know. No. Well that's the thing. I don't think they meant that at all. It's supposed to be a sweet ballad mm-hmm. about you know, the way I interpret it is parental love. Yeah, yeah. You know. My daughter's a drama queen, but you know, hey. I love her, yeah, you know, like yeah. she's she's getting older and I, all I can do is just watch her bloom. Right. And I'm, I'm so proud of her and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and the older you Raised get. Raised her my best. Yeah, and the older you get, the easier it is to, to get fucked over by the world, you know, and I think. Right. So what my mom said and what I keep telling myself, all these years ago, my mom told me this, I still have to tell myself this, is basically it's like, oh, it was about, you know, the interpretation at least. Is it? It's about you're old enough to bleed. You're old enough to see that the world is cruel. You're old right. enough to get cut. Yeah. But I I even pulled a comment that someone had posted about this and, and was like, what is this? Is this song, am I being weird or is the phrase old enough to bleed now like throw you off for a loop? And everyone commenting was like, oh, God. Yeah. Well, we know for one how uncomfortable Green Day fans are about period stuff. <laughs> oh, I know. We talked I know. about uh, Red Tide. Yeah. Off of uh, Foxborough hot tubs. Mm-hmm. Oh god, so gross. That's not what it's a like, guys. Periods are real. I know. Be, I don't understand that. Hair. It is so no weird. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal if it is. Uh, you know, and it could be interpreted that way. But essentially, everyone could kind of agree 
no matter what it's about, it is very poorly phrased. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it does take you out of the song. Because um, even someone defending it uh, wrote, and, and I agree with this, they said, it's not about what you think. It's about being old enough to be hurt by the world. Right. And then they said, it is phrased very badly, though. <laughs> <laughs> so even people who are like, I get it, I get it. It's about, you know, losing your naivete and, and being bruised by the world mm-hmm. and, and growing up. Having said that, wow, I wish they'd phrase it differently because that's <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I, I could definitely get that. So That said, all in all. Great song, I think. All in all, great song. I'm really glad they finally got it on a on on record. And you know, yeah. it's probably it's probably one of the highlights mm-hmm. of the trilogy is getting an official version of this song. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, although I wish it was on an album where the whole album I, I really enjoyed. Right, an yeah. album worth listening to. Can't <laughs> always get you. Can't always get what you want. Well, you know, we we probably sound pretty cynical here. Yeah. Right. We probably sound kind of all boring and old, but that's just because we're ex kids. <laughs> you know. The thing Can't is, we're helped. not ex-kids, but, you know, that's fine. How do you mean by that? Well, ex- you identify ex-kid, as a child still? Ex-kid is, is referencing uh, the Generation X, and we're, I think we're both millennials. Oh, we are. Yeah. That's a good point, Colin. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's, we'll talk about it more in a second. Yeah. Uh, this is track five, uh, the only single off of this, only official Green Day single, you know, <laughs> only on this album is Ex-Kid. Right. And I love this guitar intro. It is so cool. Um, it's very basic, very simple, but really say, gets you I into it. I figured this out on my guitar just the other day. Oh, like nice. By listening cool. to it. Yeah. It's, just, it's just down the neck, very simple. Mm-hmm. But it's satisfying. Yeah, right? it is. And then the way that he starts yeah. singing along with the guitar a few measures in, is it really matches up well. Yeah. And it's the subject matter that we like so much. Exactly. The subject matter is harsh. It's intense, but it's it's cool, you know, that he wrote about it. Um, it's it's about a, a 2009 suicide of a close friend of Billy's um, that he grew up with in uh, Rodeo, California. Rodeo? Rodeo? I, mean, I think it's Rodeo. Rodeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Rodeo, California. Woo! <laughs> they don't drive trucks in Rodeo, California. They only ride bulls. You hear me? <laughs> Boy, that would be fucking wild. At Main Street, the, the red light flash, you got to stop your bowl. How do you signal? How do you signal left and right? Oh, you just wave your cowboy hat around in the air. <laughs> Grab your lasso. <laughs> that's that's Rodeo, California. But yes, it was his friend. This, I'm sorry to be joking about something so serious. Yeah, yeah that's it, true. His, yeah. You <laughs> asked friend in Rodeo, God. California. Uh-huh. So, so it was written about someone very personal, some, yeah. someone that Billy knew, but he also said that it was kind of supposed to be representative, uh, as you said, of the entire generation, yeah. Generation X. Exactly. Well, and just so you know, just to clear, the Generation X, by the way, I didn't know this, mm-hmm. was, uh, I guess it's defined by those who were born roughly between 1960 and 1980. Mm-hmm. So Billy falls into that category. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he's an ex. He's an ex kid. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, Billy, also though, and to prove my point, to defend myself for a second, if I may, please, please, Billy Joe also has repeatedly identified himself as an ex kid, ex kid in recent interviews. Right. And so you're kind of talking about how it's 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 if it's ex just ex dash kid or ex dash kid, we're all ex kids. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think I think it's supposed to be both. Um, 
And basically, yeah. basically, Billy said, you know, he's able to push it, push through the struggles he was going through um, as he was growing older. Probably having all this money he was making from Green Dude helped. But anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> his, his friend, unfortunately, was, yeah, was not able rich to do helps. that. And, you know, yeah. basically he says, found an escape in suicide, um, which is referenced in the line. Here goes nothing. The shouting's over. That's right. The shouting's over. Yeah. Great lyric. It is. Um, it's dark, but it's and, yeah, it's and, powerful. Well, powerful message, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of wishing that you know he could have been more help, or you know, so, so often you don't know people's struggles. Yeah, exactly. Until it's too late. Yeah, and, which is you know so sad. Mm-hmm. And Billy, yeah, Billy basically said he, he saw, you know, uh, aspects of it of himself in his friend, and uh, feels like basically there was nothing much that could have been done. You know, he, he feels like his friend never quite grew up all the way, I think. Oh, so you mean he's an ex kid, EX dash kid. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it works both ways. I, I think this song is really powerful because it's, did you wake up late one day and suddenly you're not so young? And, and honestly, that's my biggest fear in life. Like, I think that's a lot of people's biggest fears. Yeah. I mean, the whole film Synecdoche, New York is about the topic of, you know, if you were to write a real horror film, mm-hmm. the real horror of life, why we why we like watching zombies and ghosts and goblins and ghouls is because the real horror is waking up next to like someone you don't love with a bunch of responsibility that's weighing you down and you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize the kid that you once were. Right. You know? Yeah. And then you got to go to a job that you hate so you can break your back and diminish your health to maintain this life that you resent. Boy, that was one fucking depressing list you just gave me <laughs> i mean i think that's a very relatable i oh, think that's 100%. the most relatable fear that is never yeah we so seldom call out very human yeah and uh because we're all afraid of it yeah that's the most universal fear yeah right exactly. it's growing old and regretting what you've become mm-hmm. and x kid that's uh that's the whole subject of that song i think that's why it, it feels so honest um so the, yeah thanks billy i really like that song yeah 100 it's a, it's and, a good uh, one Wrapping that up, interesting enough, this was the sixth and final single from Uno Dos Trey. Right. So I guess they only released six officially. Yes. Yeah. Even though I think we've talked about others that were promo singles. Right. Yeah. Released to different media through different means. Mm -hmm. Angry Birds, whatever. Uh, (laughs) I'm so glad X-Kid was not on Angry Birds. Oh, God. That would almost ruin it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your little kid. You're a little kid playing Angry Birds. Uh, what? No. Waking up one day so depressed. Oh, uh, this isn't fun. <laughs> this isn't this isn't a fun experience. Yeah, yeah. Much like they ruined another uh, song on this album by putting on. Well, maybe not. Ruined, yeah, but, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to there. that in a second. Yeah, but uh, the the video for this song. I don't know if you've ever watched it, Colin. Mm-hmm. I, I remember clicking on it when it first came out, and I hadn't even bought tray at the time because mm-hmm. i was in i was kind of so hurt by uno and dose right and, and as i've talked in my own personal i had just dropped out of school and was going through all these personal things right um, right yeah and i really couldn't handle a bad green day album <laughs> push me over the edge oh no, oh, no. especially <laughs> this song this song of all songs yeah this song could have been it but i <laughs> they released a video and this was my the first song i heard off this album mm-hmm. was it's just a, a film of the tape deck and someone presses play, and then it just holds on the tape deck as the tape spins, playing this song. 
and then it stops and the the video's over and it's literally just filming a tape deck spin. It's kind of relaxing right? though. It's like almost like if you're meditating, that's like something I would stare at, you know. Oh, exactly. I was going to say it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, I agree. And, and what a great oddly exactly i did end up watching the whole video yeah exactly it's it's kind of appealing i I know the assumption is a lot of people will just play this and then open another tab while they're listening and Mm -hmm. whatever yeah but there's yeah exactly there's something meditative about it it's just calming it is especially for this song in particular true true yeah so i guess that is uh another video that does not feature green day you know the the band members Mm-hmm. But I think is also in its simplicity a successful video. Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how it did critically or anything like that, but um, I, yeah, I think it was. I'll just I'll just speak on my that I creep on forums. Uh huh. And I will say on the forums, it's very well regarded. Interesting. I'd say generally, good. and I agree. Yeah. Uh, as it as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good song. It's a good Green Day song. I feel uh, that. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about this next one (laughs) do you have a transition for it well i'll just say this last time on dose we were talking about i think we said drugs alcohol and sex is what we said we said you got to pick two Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah yeah. pick two if you have all three you're gonna have issues true now track six here is called sex drugs and violence Mm. violence and you know yeah i think again uh maybe pick one I'm not sure. <laughs> Pick the first one. Pick sex, leave the drugs and the violence. Because the, the drugs can lead to the violence. It's true. Right? And you true. don't want any of that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But Billy did all three. And let's hear what that sounds like. I think this track sounds like old school Green Day. I think it sounds like it could be off like Kerplunk or something. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's yeah. That's sort of the vibe I get off of it. I, I don't like love the song, but I, I don't think it's bad either. I think it's relatively well written and everything yeah what do you think chris this is probably one of my least favorites on this album okay it's not it's not terrible but i yeah maybe what you're saying is true that it does it does feel reminiscent of old green day Mm -hmm. you know in various parts various albums from the past yeah maybe that's why i maybe don't feel too super into it it just it just doesn't it feels i think like a lot of songs on dose mm-hmm. where it's just like ah yeah whatever like it works yeah but it's not my favorite like it just doesn't jump out to me at okay. all yeah 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 i feel that I, it doesn't jump out at all either but yeah but I don't, I don't think it's a throwaway either there's this part during the second verse where i think mike durnt is singing oh really uh, i didn't notice that i believe that i believe that's him and i i really actually like that part there's certain parts that i really like i, I don't mm-hmm. it hasn't uh, excuse me has not been confirmed, mm-hmm. but I think that's Mike Dern. You know, Mike's got um, a great voice. So I gotta say, the few times he has sung, I'm like, oh, do more of this, please. Mike's got a beautiful voice. He's got such a high pitched voice. Yeah, he can. Do, he does all the harmonies mm-hmm. on all these songs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, particularly like in 21st Century or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just say that the the hook for this really is underwhelming to me. That's fair. I agree. I agree. It, 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 we talk about, you know, sometimes Billy's guilty of throwing out too many buzzwords. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, politically. And I, I think this is an example of that, even in the title, of, of rock and roll buzzwords. Yeah, exactly. Give me, give me danger. Right? Oh, my God. I was just thinking the that Ramones. Yeah. Like, it's there, there's a lot of references to other bands, to other better work, frankly. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of what, it, what 
maybe bugs me is that this isn't this song doesn't stand on its own without all the references to the past of rock and roll. Very true. Very true. I also think it's interesting the way that um, Billy. I, I've noticed this more and more in the later albums. Billy seems to like think he think that he himself is an idiot. You know? Huh. Um, yeah. And there's like well. there's like yeah there's like a lot. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think he says like, well, I don't want to be an imbecile. And then, yeah, Too Dumb to Die. Well, though, that's funny you bring that up, man. Mm Because, yeah, one of the lyrics in this song is Too Dumb to Die. Right. Which, as we all know, ends up becoming the title of a song on Revolution Radio, which will be coming up next week. Mm -hmm. So, so, anyway, we talk about Stop When the Red Lights Flash. Like, there's several. He he goes back to the same well, lyrically, sometimes, to explore the same themes. Uh, We've talked about, like, loss of control is a phrase that he even threw around before it ended up as a title track on the trilogy mm-hmm. on uno and, and yeah sometimes i feel like he'll try an idea out and kind of fuck it up and then realize a better way to explore that same idea mm-hmm. yeah and i think yeah i think this song sex drugs and violence is a is a song that is done better later i i think on revolution radio mm-hmm. uh, and too dumb to die yeah yeah because you're right billy i think i think when he he plays self-aware I know, I know I'm doing all these things and that, and I know that they're not good. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a pass. Yeah. Which, which I disagree with. It's I bullshit. think a lot of people have that attitude. We're like, Hey, I'm being self-aware. So it's fine. Yeah. That is bullshit. Like, no, it's I, not enough to be self-aware. You actually have to course correct. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally get what you're, where you're coming from with that. Um, and it's definitely something you see in just in life, you know, lots of people are that way and it's super irritating. Like, okay. So you acknowledge you're being a hypocrite. Why don't you like do something about it right it's it's a sort it, it's climate change stuff in particular i feel like oh you know? sure oh like we got to do this that and the other thing to to make the world a better place and you know they don't do shit of course most people don't at least not that i'm better oh yeah they're, they're championing the cause <laughs> yeah exactly. but they're not doing anything themselves exactly. right they're still driving yeah. the hummer yeah or they're or they're doing really tiny things that don't actually affect anything but and yet they're still taking you know like five transatlantic flights every year or something, which is, you know, going to outweigh anything massively, anything else you can do. It's, yeah, it's the parent who shows up to every soccer game but never drives you to soccer practice. Yes, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Wants all the glory and none of the work. Yes, 100%. Hopefully, this is, I mean... (laughs) Track seven here is an unusual one. It's a, I don't even, I don't, I still don't know what it means. I, I just hope this world that we're describing, I hope that a little boy named Train can grow up and not have to deal with all these issues we're talking about. That's my hope. Uh, right? Yeah. He could be named bus. He could be named car. He could be named airplane. I don't care. It's your right to name your kid whatever you want. Even Train. A little boy named Train. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, track seven. No, I, I like this, this is, intro this is again. another interesting one. Yeah. You like the intro? I like the okay. intro again. I like the melody. Don't Again, I don't really know what it's about. <laughs> but otherwise, I kind of like do, it. I don't, I don't really know either. I did read this. Uh, someone commented. And again, I cannot verify this. Okay. Because yeah. I, I heard that Train was a boy that Billy grew up with. Okay. But then I also read this, and it, it basically said that Billy Joe's son went to school with a boy named Train. <laughs> okay. T R A I N, 
for the layman. Uh-huh. Uh, who was raised by two women. Don't know why that matters, but I, whatever. Unless their names were, like, Car and Bus, then that would be interesting. <laughs> My two moms, Car and Bus. I'm trained. <laughs> Throughout the song, the narrator alludes to the general feeling of uncertainty surrounding this character. As a child, this character has no control of his life and is forced to roll with the punches. Quote from the lyrics, like a rat in a maze. Mm-hmm. This carries strong meaning because this high degree of uncertainty isn't usually a part of a person's life. Now the only choice Train has is to accept what he's been through and wonder where, where he'll be tomorrow. The song is summed up in these lines, don't know where I come from, but I know where I have been. Interesting. So I, I don't know what any of that has to do with anything. Yeah. But I do really like the lyric, don't know where I come from, but I know where I've been. I do too. I do too. It's weird that I, I just don't really understand the song, but I nonetheless really like it. Based on what I just read just now, this, this I don't know if it's a comment or quote. I don't even know how to describe what I... Yeah. That information right there, if that is true, if we're to believe that, mm-hmm. are we to surmise that Billy's saying that it must be hard being named Train? Maybe you know what I mean. I hope it's. I hope like, there's more to it than that, but but maybe. Was well, he saying like I you you have all these issues and you know like basically you're growing up with all this uncertainty because you couldn't name yourself. You're not in charge of what happened mm-hmm. to you. Okay. And now all yeah. these kids are making fun of you and asking questions like why the fuck are you named after a mode of transportation? <laughs> I get uh, yeah I get what you're saying I get what you're saying that's that's somewhat convincing. Well that. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. That's all I can gleam off of this. Yeah, that just yeah. would make the most sense to me. It but does, again, it's kind yeah. of it's still kind of ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. It's the instrumentation is nothing special, but it's passable, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't I don't know if I'd keep it or or go back to it, but yeah, I, it's fine. Yeah. This album yeah. has a lot of those actually that are they're like they're not bad. They're not drastically bad, like like with Dose, for right. example. Like they're but, not cringy, but they're not. Yeah, they're they're strange i don't know i don't know how to yeah, they're just it. they're like fine yeah i don't know yeah I, I one one that's coming up here though is actually kind of not out of left field this actually feels kind of important should have happened this a long track, time ago yeah it should have happened a damn long time ago long overdue mm-hmm. this is track eight amanda amanda and uh, some of the some of the listeners might remember Amanda um, is the inspiration for a number of Green Day's best songs, actually. In particular, she, uh, what's her name? Um, time, I mean, Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. Time of Your Life. Right? Uh, a, a ton off the early records. Yeah, just a stupid I, I, number of songs are written after this one Stuart girlfriend of Yab, I believe. There's oh, a lot of yeah. there's an unbelievable amount of fantastic Green Day, arguably the best Green Day songs. Yeah, yeah. Are about Amanda. Yeah. And this is a real person. Yeah. Who Billy used to date, as we've talked about in the past. And she left and moved to Ecuador. Right. And went on to have this whole, you know, I'm sure successful and adventurous life. Mm -hmm. But she, you know, she left Billy. And and I think ever since then, she has remained kind of amused to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think uh, he went on stage at a concert in, in Austin at one point, um, said he'd be playing a new song, which was this one, and uh, said that Amanda was his what's-her-name, and that this Dude. song was the first time he'd said her name in 15 years. Well, used her name in 15 years. 
Yes. I saw that same video. It was at the recording of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they when they're about to play Amanda, and I think he's like drunk. He's like, I'm too drunk to remember all the songs she'd been. Blah, blah. But like, yeah, yeah. And he admits, like, this is this is her. It's yeah. always been her. Yeah. She's my what's her name. Yeah. And, and I was just seeing some people talk about like no matter how successful you are, how rich you are, no, it doesn't matter that you became a fucking rock star. Yeah. There's always the one that got away. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Billy, for better or worse, has been successfully married for very, you know, decades. Yeah. Has a beautiful family. Everything's really great in his family life. I, I you know, they, they stand by him, mm-hmm. you know, to their credit and everything's seems really uh, peachy, but he's still writing songs about Amanda. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can kind of get that, you know, I, I, I think most people, um, you know, kind of have this vibe of people from their past, whether it be, uh, whether it be romantic or not, um, that they wish could still be in their lives, you know, even if they've got, you know, a new partner or whatever. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You just, you, you just got to always wonder what might've been type of feeling, you know? And so that's very relatable. I would say. Amanda. I couldn't be your man, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, based on this song, it seems pretty clear. I mean, and the message I think he's trying to send to her mm-hmm. specifically, right? It's written for her. Yeah. That is, it, it you, know, have... you, you, you left me uh, thinking that I couldn't give you what you needed or I wasn't serious. Right. And I'm here to tell you all these years later, I meant it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I have a family and I have a wife and I, I am in the most successful rock band in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm still singing a song for you. Yeah. Which I love 80. I love everything 80 represents. But I, there's a part of me that my heart melts when I like there's that is romantic as fuck. I know. <laughs> I know. It makes me like so sad and I don't know something at the same time. It's it's very just just emotional, I guess. It's weird. I wonder if, I mean, I wonder if Amanda heard this and like what her reaction was. I know. That's what I was thinking. I just, I wish I could, I wish Amanda would write a song about her side of the story. I think that'd be great. Oh, Billy, I will not be your woman. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Because this feels, I mean, we'll see. Maybe there's going to be a crazy Amanda part two on on Father of All, Mm -hmm. right? Or something crazy. But this does feel almost like the cap to that story. Yeah, it kind of feels at least like so far. Yeah, it kind of feels like in the same vein as like Wake Me Up When September Ends, like ended that chapter of his his feelings towards his his uh, father. You know, sort of a similar thing, but with Amanda. Yeah, this. I mean, I I don't know if this is closing the book or if the book remains open mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, exactly. Uh, it, this is like the Return of the King. Yeah. <laughs> of of the Amanda trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's kind of, I think this, this, this winds it down. This was what's her name. Mm-hmm. All of our favorite songs that we've been loving were about her. And yeah. Now he's just kind of telling us straight, this is who it yeah, is. Yeah. And she doesn't want me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just, yeah. And just as a side note, I, I read um, some point this week, uh, Billy said basically Amanda was this, this woman he met who was going to Berkeley, I think at the time, Berkeley in uh, uh, UC Berkeley. <laughs> that is. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And he was like super into feminism and like sort of got got uh, Billy into that, you know, vein of things. And I think that's probably 
I, and this is my opinion. That's probably why he, um, over the years, wrote so many songs about, you know, strong women, basically. You know, you think. Yeah, oh, she was a strong influence on Yeah, her. exactly. You think, like, what's her name or, or uh, yeah, any number. She, of course. I mean, I'd say his, his attitudes in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can hate Billy for a lot of things, but I think for the most part, he respects women, which is a positive. Yeah, sometimes he respects women too much, you know, <laughs> and he'll be he'll be with several of them at once. Right, um, okay. I don't know. <laughs> is that respecting? Guys, that's gross speculation. Yeah. I'll just say this. When when the rumors start flying, usually it's best to walk away. True. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that takes us to track nine here. Oh, shit. I didn't even walk see away. that. <laughs> you didn't even see it? Oh, that was, was a successful one. Then. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> and this one's sort of interesting too and I, I think it's about being like unafraid to walk away from a relationship if you decide it's just not worth it yeah I, I mean again we're Colin and I don't know much about relationships we don't know much about what it's like <laughs> right. long term or anything right, but yeah. I would imagine if I had been in situations like that mm-hmm. where I was with someone for a long time I would think that this song is very powerful and much needed yeah definitely because the uh, the whole message of this song is sometimes things are gonna get really rough things are gonna get really brutal love pardon me <laughs> and sometimes it's best to just walk away yeah and it's the best thing for everyone mm-hmm. you just gotta you know just take a breath and i think again we always talk about I, the best of billy is singing about things that you're told to be ashamed of yes yeah. things that you're told to not act on and just singing honestly about them yeah and and that includes just being like i've had enough i need to i need to go on a drive <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i get that but yeah just essentially that these fights are not worth it yeah for either of you yeah I definitely get that. And, and and it'll get better. It will get better. Mm-hmm. One way or another, you know? But but uh, sitting and fighting till you're both red in the face, blue in the face. Not going to help anything. Black and red in the face yeah. is not... Yeah, it doesn't help anything. Yeah. I suspect this is about him fighting with eight. I totally suspect that as well, yeah. Especially yeah. considering this whole trilogy and, and the timing and everything. Um I think yeah, I think it's about him fighting with his wife, and and yeah, exactly. Said there's there's plenty of material for them to be fighting about. Yeah, right. Yeah, walk away might have been written right after he showed her nightlife featuring Lady Cobra. <laughs> so, okay, all right, honey, you just inspired me for another song. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. But uh, I think I think again, I, I always crap on songs for feeling you know not feeling original enough or whatever in the, in the trilogy, but. I know this isn't a groundbreaker. This isn't forging any kind of new territory for Green Day, but I, I really think it's a great song. I agree. I think it's well-rounded. I think the lyrics are pretty solid instrumentally. Again, it's like it's simple and it's sort of basic, but it, it works really well, you know? Um, the guitar solo is on point in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, solo solo is just the melody. That's the one thing I would say they could improve. Yeah, but that's but you're right. No, like, But just listening to the song, it's like great. Yeah. yeah no complaints. Yeah. It's great, but uh, Colin, <laughs> you can't. Colin. You can't do it. You can't do it. Oh, shut up, you dirty rotten bastard! There we go. There it is. That brings us to track nine, of course. Dirty rotten bastards. Naked plural. Dude, I'm, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this one, dude. I actually really dig this one. It's uh, 
It's strange. It's uh, long. It's like sort of like multiple songs put into one. You know, sort of harkens back to the uh, American Idiot days. Um, yeah, this is the closest we get to a Jesus of Suburbia or a Homecoming. Yeah. On this album, right? With the kind of different combined movements of a song into mm-hmm. one super song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the first song or whatever, medley or whatever you want to call it, is... Um, it's so cool. It sounds like an Irish jig or something. Did you get that vibe? The yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That is actually pretty much a direct lift or homage, I should say, to uh, Georges Bizet's uh, Les Torredors from Carmen's Suite Number One. Oh, okay. Which, if you listen to, is it's uncanny. It's the exact same thing. It's a song that you know even though you don't know it. Oh, it's one of these classical pieces yeah, of music yeah. that is... But that's again, that's refreshing for them not to be taking from the Kinks or something, right. some other pop band, yeah. but to be referencing classical music. It, this isn't even stealing. This is a just a reference, mm-hmm. you know. And and then of course here it just transforms. You know, you can see the song is constantly shifting into its next phase. Yeah, just just like uh, Jesus of Suburbia. To that point, Billy Joe had said that this song goes all over the place. And he said, it's an arena song, then a sing-along, and then it takes off. <laughs> we wanted to make something similar to Jesus of Suburbia. Yeah, so like it's a number of songs just combined. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think that's one of the more effective ones on the trilogy. I agree, definitely. I think I think it's it was risky for them to go for this, but I think it, it worked out pretty well. I, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hearkening back to more the American Idiot style yeah. of writing, yeah. which is throw away all the, all the rules of pop. Mm-hmm songwriting and, and just go crazy yeah right yeah just fit things together where they should exactly awesome yeah i would like to point out that one of the lyrics here are he does another uh red lights flash lyric stop the that when the red light flashes i forget exactly what it is but but yeah that's another instance of kind of this theme throughout the trilogy right every album has sometimes multiple references yeah. to this red lights flash yeah. stop when the red lights flash which I, I i like the motif idea you know like calling back you know ideas images whatever i guess this specific one is just kind of boring to me i don't really see why they decided on it but you know that's fine it's just not my thing do you like the middle part of this song the the really fast section this fast section here i yeah. do yeah um i don't know why I, I don't particularly love the melody or or any aspect of it overall um i do think the bass line there's like this one part where it's like there's sort of bass solo ish thing that's yeah, really cool. oh, that's yes, that's right here. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Mike has a little second to get in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I, I do like the middle middle part. How about yeah? How about I, you? I like the song. I, I, I think I like the song overall. I, I remember in college, uh, not the college I dropped out of. Uh, this song kind of got me back into Trey. Mm, okay. It, I had my iPod on shuffle and this came up and I was like, oh, what is... Th-? Like, I almost forgot what it... I had, don't remember it because right, I never yeah. would go back to Trey. And this made me go, oh, there's some good stuff here. And and it kind of got me more open-minded to Trey. That's so good. That's, I, I credit it with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One song that didn't make me feel so open-minded to Trey. <laughs> oh God. Was this next song. And that's 99 Revolutions. Uh yeah. I, I mean I do like the intro. I like the drums here. 
Um, I kind of like the idea that he's trying to be political again. But the instrumentals are kind of boring otherwise. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think this song sucks. I think this song sucks ass. Yeah, I think it's 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 overtly political. We, I, I was talking earlier about Green Day throwing around their buzzwords when they're getting political. Yeah, that's that was. The I think issue. this song is just so guilty of just throwing out so many. Of course, ninety nine revolutions. This is about kind of the ninety nine percent. Yeah, yeah. Then the oh, the ninety nine percent versus the one percent. Yeah. The Wall Street protests, and again, I'm all for that cause, of course. Yeah. I just think this was Billy kind of. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just say this: if you go on Genius Lyrics to look up the lyrics of this song, the descriptor is a slightly late fight song for the Occupy movement <laughs> that took place in America. <laughs> slightly late, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it was a little bit. I feel co-opting yeah, this cause. Yeah, it feels like to, they're trying to piggyback for sure. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember Billy had this gave this interview for Rolling Stone, I believe, where he was talking like, I was driving down the street and my car got stopped by all this traffic and I saw it was this protest, so I got out of my car and started walking with these people and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you just left your fucking car on the street there? What the yeah, f- wait, what? It just, it just, yeah, it made no, it made no <laughs> sense. And I'm sure what he meant is I parked and then I got out and saw what was going on, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it, it's just a little convenient. Yeah, you know? no, I get that. I, I definitely feel it. The buzzword thing is definitely an issue, and I think it, it sort of uh, foreshadows how they head into Revolution Radio. How did the working stiff become so obsolete, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm I, again, that's kind of a clever turn of phrase. You know, I'm I'm down, but altogether, it's just too much. Yeah. And the, more than anything, the hook sucks. That's super true. The hook is really boring. Um, it's it's the, my usual complaint of repeating the same line. Four times. Yeah, yeah. And calling it a day. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think it's a terrible song. I That said, I do think it's probably the worst song on this album. But I agree, and I'm bummed because they didn't seem to think that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, they pushed this one hard. They acted like this was their American idiot yeah, of, true. Of, this, of this time. True, yeah. Because it was included on the, can- the movie The Campaign. I don't know if anyone remembers that with Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. Oh, Will Ferrell's yeah. a huge, That's huge right. Green Day fan. Mm-hmm. It seems like an overall nice guy. Yeah. So does Zach, but I think Will had more to do with the production of that film. Mm-hmm. But the, this is played during the credits, and I remember that was a big deal at the time. Right, right. And I read that Green Day got $300,000 for that song to be used in the movie. Wow. Which I'm sorry, pick a better song. <laughs> that is so hypocritical. I cannot. No one even should be paying three hundred thousand yeah, for ninety nine dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. Well, anyway, if there's one thing, oh no, I can't do this one. <laughs> well, yeah. If there's one thing worse than ninety nine revolutions, it's probably what follows. Is that what you're about to say? Oh uh, no, I was actually going to say I'd like to forget ninety nine revolutions, but I couldn't oh, quite get well, the right tense this, of the word. You know? Yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> Some song, yeah, 99 Revolutions is its own thing, but this uh, this next song would best be forgotten. <laughs> this, of course, is the forgotten. This is the final track, not only on Trey, but on the entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. And Colin, I mean, do you want... I, this is a bit of a fan cliche, too. 
Yeah, I guess it kind of where, is. Where, where does this song originate from? This was on the Twilight Saga colon Breaking Dawn hyphen part two soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of punctuation in that album, that soundtrack the album. The more punctuation there, huh? there is in a title, the, the worse it's going to be is usually the rule. So this was technically the first single off this album. Yeah. And, and and it might technically be, but the reason I say technically is because, like, I just, I'm sorry. The only single off this album is x Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. Right? Because this was released not for this album. It was released for the Twilight movies in support of the Twilight movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh... My, I, I will, okay, <laughs> I'm going to read a quote from Mike, uh, the bassist. Okay, yeah. Um, and Mike, <laughs> Mike says about this song, When we were asked to be part of the Twilight, colon, Breaking Dawn, hyphen, part two, soundtrack, we accepted without Nailed hesitation it. because it is an amazing cultural phenomenon. And also said, we have always been impressed with how careful they are with all the series soundtracks. Yeah, until now. And... <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I mean, there's a, lot to, there's a lot to pick apart there. Yeah. Basically... Mike has to keep up appearances. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course there's an attitude of, uh, hey, Twilight, so lame. Why is Greena doing that? He's going, no, no, no. Their soundtracks are really well curated, right? They're And in defense of that, I'm going to say, Mike Dirnt, you're correct. I had the Twilight. I didn't, I didn't like, buy them, but mm-hmm. I did it. Through Friends, had the Twilight soundtrack which, on Which one iPad, did you have? I, iPod. The, uh, the first Twilight, the movie. So I don't Twilight know, colon what? <laughs> Twilight uh, colon Twilight hyphen the first and only part. <laughs> okay. And then I had, and I also got, there were some bangers. There were some slappers oh, really? on okay. the new moon, okay. which was Twilight colon the new moon hyphen uh, the second one. Okay. And uh, th- those... Those, like I agree, those soundtracks were a cultural phenomenon. Okay. They were really good. Even people outside of liking the movies could really get in because they broke a lot of indie artists. Okay. I didn't realize that. Uh, and, and got them exposure they would never have. So in that regard, I think that's really cool. If you ever watch the Twilight movies, it's atrocious how they use the songs. Oh, it's yeah. It's blatant and gross. What, what's it What's uh, it in? Oh, well, no, it'll just be like, oh, weird, weird transition. Huge pop song. Huh. Huge indie rock pop song. It, you know what I mean? Like there's no, it, it, it's uh, like, you know, a Suicide Squad. I don't know if you remember that. Everyone's oh, critique yeah, of that was that like, one. it felt like a, a big trailer because of all the pop music they use. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it, like they're constantly trying to keep your attention, not trusting that the film is good enough to keep you right, interested. Right, right, yeah. I think similar thing with Twilight where it's like, bunch of pop music, enjoy, fuckers, eat it up, you know, like mm-hmm. no merit to the film. Right. Here's a good soundtrack. Right, right. Which is much easier because it's a compilation of other people's best works, mm-hmm. right? It's much easier to make a good soundtrack than it is a good movie. Very true, very and, true. And my big disappointment here is, yeah, Green Day agreeing to be a part of this because, one, they are not an indie band that needs the exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not only could this spot have gone to someone who really this would have changed their lives, but... Uh, also, you know, like Green Day, come on, right? Angry yeah. Birds wasn't enough. I know, I know. The music, the music video for the Forgotten here is Billy in studio playing piano, looking t- hungover as all fuck, <laughs> and intercut with footage from actual, you know, from the actual movie, right. from Twilight yeah. Breaking Dawn Part Two. It's pretty cringy. 
which is so you don't like the a slow fade from Billy's sweet hungover face to fucking you know Edward Cullen and yeah. uh, and werewolf yeah. boy and then, yeah so this and then the 99 revolutions thing you're just saying that they sold it to that movie and then the angry birds thing it, it does feel like this whole trilogy is just them selling out and i hate to be one of those people who like gets angry about that but man it feels that way i mean dude i could kind of agree because they're a band they need to be viable they're one of the biggest bands that i understand that they need they cut deals they sell songs yeah yeah to some degree but it's much easier to sell 99 revolutions to the campaign to get a a quick easy payday right than pushing it as a single Mm -hmm. and maybe that'll maybe it'll work yeah yeah it's much easier to go to people and be like hey we haven't released this yet do you want to buy it Mm -hmm. is it a big hit who knows (laughs) who knows but it could be yours right (laughs) That's actually, I think, with the numbers they're pulling, these songs aren't charting. So it actually does make more sense for them to sell them before they're even released. Right, right. But yeah, as a fan of, uh, you know, just honest music practices and of Green Day and and punk in general, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, definitely. I'd say the biggest bummer on this song, The Forgotten, is that it just sucks balls so hard. (laughs) Right, because if if Green Day had released a really cool kind of indie, spidery, weird track to the Twilight soundtrack, mm-hmm. and it was really good, I don't think I'd have m- any of these complaints. I'd be like, "Well, the music video sucks, but the song's great." Yeah, you know. Yeah. But this song is clearly, I, I think, a ripoff of "Let It Be" by the Beatles. It's oh, the same progression. Let it be. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking to myself, like, this song just sounds like a million other. Yeah, piano, piano balance, basically. The only thing they're missing is the da-da-da, like just the little chord, you know, build up back to the beginning Uh of the progression. uh But this is the same progression as Let It Be. Wow. I challenge anyone to think, not think of that song while they're listening to The Forgotten. (laughs) It's, you know, uh, Rolling Stone said, uh, the strings return for Trey's closing song, The Forgotten, a five-minute piano ballad that unfolds like a lost track from the second side of Abbey Road. Fuck you. Rolling Stone. They're always pandering. They they don't have any real opinions of their own. Don't look away from my arms from the arms of love, Billy Joe Armstrong sings I was as just, he brings the trilogy. I know when I heard that line, I was thinking of that uh what's her face? Sarah McLaughlin song. Um And they hum so yeah, Exactly, exactly that one. Where yeah. yeah, where it's in all the dog commercials and shit that make people sad. You know, dude. Rolling Stone loved this song. Entertainment Weekly said the Forgotten was the best song on the album. Bullshit! No fucking. Are you way. fucking kidding yeah. me? Next to X Kid, Drama Queen. Give me question a mark? break. Next to Drama Queen? Question mark. Yeah. Hyphen slash part two colon. <laughs> and and the only person I I could the only review I could really agree with was uh, Alternative Press said the piano line on The Forgotten is, quote, one of the limpest things the trio have ever recorded. <laughs> Thank you. Someone talking some sense here. But, you know, and, and based on all these critical well, reviews, some, you know, maybe the listeners would enjoy this song. Who knows? Maybe we're both just, okay, just no, haters. Okay, can I throw a number at you? Yeah. Can I throw please, a number? We're, we are a bunch of haters. We're totally, I'm sorry to be, we love Green Day more than anything. And that's why we're allowed to be haters. I hate to be a hater. Exactly. But, Check out this number, okay? Mm-hmm. By December 20th, 2012. Okay? Mm-hmm. This album had been released, right? Yeah. Single single had been released. Yeah. Video had been released. 
The Forgotten had sold only 4,000 downloads as the lead single to Twilight Breaking Dawn <laughs> Part 2. That, that is, is abysmal. Pathetic. Yeah. That's bad numbers. Yeah, yeah, true. 4,000? You and I have probably met 4,000 people over the course of our lives. Oh, easy, easy. Well over 4,000. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's not, and that's like a very, you can compartmentalize that amount of numbers. Mm -hmm. Green Day's played for more people than 4,000. Often. All the time, you know? yeah. All the time. But only 4,000 of them can. And I think basically it's like the Twilight fans probably weren't going to be that into it. Mm-hmm. And the Green Day fans were not going to be onto it. I right. don't know who yeah. this was for. They missed the mark for everyone, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, we've ta- Green Day has had really strong closers. You know, uh, what's her name? Obviously, is is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say this is probably their weakest closer. Yeah, I. Well, I'd, this makes prosthetic head back, look like probably. a champion decision. <laughs> right, I forgot about that one. That was right? so dumb. That was so dumb. But this this was no. Dumber. This is dumber. Dumber. Um, this is too dumb to die. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> nice. Good reference. Uh, <laughs> coming up so yeah again i I really don't have anything positive to say about the forgotten Uh, unfortunately that is the end of the trilogy though Mm -hmm. that's trey um but that that's kind of exciting i think now we get to we get to go back well let's do this album first though um what what would you cut what would you keep chris yeah that's trey man Uh, let's go through it together okay okay yeah let's see what our track list looks like yeah um brutal love so number one brutal love i'll keep it uh okay you know what? I, I I always get bugged by the Elvis thing, but I I think I'll keep it too. Okay. Okay. Missing missing you. Um probably keep, actually, yeah. I would keep missing you. Yeah. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. Eighth Avenue Serenade. Um probably keep. Probably keep. I keep it as well, yeah. bro. Um Drama Queen. I I'll definitely keep. keep that one, yeah. X Kid. Hey, old enough to bleed, <laughs> old enough to enjoy Drama Queen. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> X Kid, I, I mean course. that's probably my favorite. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's up there. Definitely I'm not sure that. that might be my favorite. That and Drama Queen, are, they're they're both up there. Yeah. Um, Sex, drugs, and violence. I'll probably cut that one. I cut that definitely. Yeah. A little boy named Train. I would keep it. I think. I, you know, I might too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised I'm saying yeah, that, but I think I would. Not, yeah, it's not making any best of lists, but no. I think I'd keep it. Yeah. 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 Um, Amanda. I'll keep it. I'll keep it. Mainly for the story, if nothing else. Exactly. It's not the song so much as it is like the it's it's our it's the ending of this saga. Yeah, exactly. For now. Yeah. At least. And it's a good song anyway, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I know it's catchy. I I think it's good. Yeah. It's it's just a little basic, but Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Yeah. Uh Walk Away. I think we I would definitely keep walking. I think I would keep that as well, yeah. Dirty Rotten Bastards. Definitely keep it. One hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. Son of a gun. Okay. 99 revolutions, though, I cut. would cut yeah. personally. And the forgotten, you obviously. Cut. Okay. And the forgotten. <laughs> oh, Let's not talk about get that. Get that out of here. Wow. We had the exact Dude, same I, picks, I think, that time. That's the first the I, first I, album. That is the first, uh, certainly for a long, in a long time. <laughs> I'd say this is of the trilogy, I think we've kept the most. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I think this is a much more solid album. Uh, you said this about Dose, which I disagree with, that if they had released Dose first, that, you know, th- those tracks that would have been better for the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Dude, Trey. I think if they had just released Trey. Right. Cut some of the weak songs, added in some of the other songs from Uno, maybe Stray Heart from yeah. Dose. Yeah. 
you would have had a really kick-ass album. I honestly think so, you know? too. I think they could have had a good double album, you know, if they, they cut a ton of this filler, but they could have still had a solid double album. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's like 21st Century Breakdown was a double album. Mm-hmm. And, and conventional wisdom is don't do that ever. <laughs> double <laughs> albums are never a good idea. But there's been some and great ones throughout it, history. Yeah, but like uh, just as far as sales, I'll say. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. There's a whole slew of, of bad decisions when it comes to double albums. Okay. And I'd say it's really funny to follow a double album with a triple album. Yeah. And, right. And I, I think if they had, even if the track list had been long, if they could have narrowed this down to one, one and a half albums, maybe like a bonus EP they mm-hmm. released later, mm-hmm. something like that. That really could have saved this whole mess. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I was gonna say, obviously, we want to com- kind of combine all of our lists. That's what everything I was from the whole yeah, trilogy. Yeah, I think that's going to be a bonus episode we do called Udo Trey. Okay. And we're it'll probably be a shorty, but we're just going to go through, and you and I can have selected our favorites and kind of compile a list of the yeah what they should have done. Yeah, if they had listened to us, we you know they could have avoided so many headaches. Mm-hmm. Green Day, give us a call. All right. Let us manage your PR, okay? <laughs> Let us reshuffle Udo Tray for you. Please, we, we got please. you. We'll, re- we got you we'll re-release it. We'll act like it's a new album. Everyone will love it. Yeah. I'll take your dog for a walk. You know, I'll get your wife an anniversary gift. I'll do all the stuff you don't necessarily want to do. Just give us a call. Okay? Please, please. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess my big question is, do you regret them doing it? Do you think they should have not done it uh, overall? Like if, if it's just none of them or all of them? Yeah. Um, well, if they hadn't done it, would they have released something else? Is my question. Or are we just well, like saying that there's I'll, like a decade where they don't release any album? Well, this leads, I think this is a good uh, kind of bridge into next week where we're going to be talking about their most recent album, uh, Revolution Radio. And I think the idea is, you know, of course, they had to go through all this to get to the point where they could do Revolution Radio. I understand how time works. Mm-hmm. But in a fantasy world where they had just done American Idiot, 21st Century Breakdown, straight into Revolution Radio, okay, voiding all of this, I think that would have made sense. Because it seems like Revrad, they try to go back to the American Idiot vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is just this weird anomaly in the middle yeah kind of clunky thing that they don't really acknowledge anymore and they don't play really any of these songs live anymore mm-hmm. tour wasn't as successful yeah this definitely was a black mark you know billy's recovering from all of his own stuff yeah. but is- yeah yeah i think this was overall a kind of a smudge on their legacy absolutely absolutely yeah i so. i still don't know if i would say i wish they never released it though that's that's pretty extreme I just wish they released one album is what it comes down to with like the hits off of all these, these, uh, all three of these. I agree. And we'll get that to you. We're going to talk about Quattro in the future sometime. Of course, the documentary about them making all these, I'm sure that will shed some light on what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're going to talk a little bonus episode, maybe not in the next couple of weeks because we got business to attend to, <laughs> but we'll be getting a Udo Trey episode out to you real soon where we're going to combine the best of the best and hopefully make an album that's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening to redundant, the totally original green day podcast. This is a big week for us green day fans. So everyone stay safe and stay stoked out there. Cause we got some new shit coming down the pipeline. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, of course, 
Oh boy, oh boy. Of course, to keep up with your favorite podcast here, Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast, you can check us out on podomatic.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please like, review, uh, subscribe, you know, leave a comment. I, I, I keep mentioning, I'm going to do it the right order this time. We're giving away tickets to Hella Megator, which is brrr, Fall Out Boy, brrr, Weezer. Brrr, those are drum rolls, by the way. Brrr, Green Day! Ah! To see all three of those bands coming up next summer for the top review on our Apple podcast page. You know, and don't, it's it's fine. If they if, if we send you an envelope and you open it up and it's empty, I will tell you that's no different than Green Day sending an empty LP sleeve to a fan. True. Uh, for Father of Identical. All, right? It's just the thought that counts. Yeah. Anything else, Colin? What do we got on that Twitter? Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Green Day Pod, and that would be redundant colon, the totally original Green Day podcast. Um, so follow us there. Drop us a line. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it for us over here. Right. Any uh, corrections, omissions, or I don't know why you have an omission for us. Corrections, anything we got wrong, anything you think we should add on our odds and ends episode, please write us at Gmail, uh, redundantgreendaypod at gmail.com. And with all that said, have a great week. We'll see you real soon. It's going to be an exciting few weeks to be a Green Day person. Mm-hmm. So let's keep rocking it. Uh, all I got left to say is chop me a line of my best friend's ashes. <laughs> dust to dust when the red light flashes. Hello, <laughs> reference, Colin. What the fuck does OK stand for when the afterlife is nothing worth dying for? Amen, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to keep it on Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. Bye.